Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. Shake it all out. <laughs> Shake it all out. Alrighty. Welcome everyone to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. I am your host and life coach, Dion Thompson. All right, let's meet my amazing guest, Jan Arsenault, is a, who is a chronic pain expert. Oh my God, you guys are going to love this. Um, as an emotional and pain intuitive, Jana helps busy women with chronic back and neck pain gain hope, results, and freedom. Yes, please. What she is most passionate about is teaching women how to heal their pain through their emotions, become their own pain whisperer, and get back to life, back to the life they are meant to live. Um, holy shit. Okay, so because I love to let everybody know um, that that's great. I'd love that you do all those things, but my experience meeting you and learning about your story fucking blew my mind. And it maybe it was because I was in a little bit the early days of me understanding how the body truly works and how your mind, which by the way, in case you didn't know this, is attached to your body and whatever you put comes out of your mind manifests in your body. Um, and then to know how you work with people to help them fine tune, hone in, master that capacity for pain freedom with your pain freedom method. Fuck. I'm just so, so pumped about that. So I'm very excited that you are here, um, and I'm I'm honored that you are willing to share your story and your experience with the with the community today, and um, all of the wisdom that I'm going to ask you about because I just think how you see the world and how you teach other people to see themselves is unbelievably powerful. It's not unbelievable; it's totally believable. It's extremely powerful. And I think almost like it's one of those things that now I look around and go, how is it that not everybody's doing this? Like, how is this not being taught to everybody? Like it, because if you had this knowledge and this capacity could literally save your own life, change the trajectory of every experience. And anyway, I'm excited. Can you tell? I can feel your emotions. You're making me want to cry. Like I can feel, I can feel the tears. That's part of the intuitiveness, right? The, the working, working with me, I, I get that the, the hearing, the sensing, the feeling, especially the feeling people, when I work with them, I can feel their physiological chronic pain. And then I intuitively get the emotion that they've become habitually addicted to. So first and foremost, thank you so, so much for having me. I feel like your mission on this planet is to blow the skirts up of every woman on this planet to shake <laughs> them up and allow them to give them permission to do something very different in their life. I find it fascinating that clarity can about what it is that you're looking to manifest really comes from, um, or for the women I work with, you need permission to be able to want things first, right? Yes. So they, it gets very stuck in the, I don't know what I want. I, I want my kids to be happy. 
I want uh, the world, I want world peace. I want, you know, I just, I just want to be happy. I don't know what that looks like. I don't, because I haven't fathomed that idea to be able to visualize and then manifest, you know, accordingly, as opposed to trying to manifest something you don't want, right? I don't want to feel this. I don't want to. We're good. We're really good at knowing what we don't want. Yes. We find it challenging to embrace what we do want because sometimes we have, we're conditioned by who we were raised, those beliefs, those perceptions. I talk about the goggles, like the lenses that you put on your eyes and you look every day and you're really conditioned by those. Yeah. And you think that you have to have a nine to five job or that, you know, it has to, this is a big one for blue, blue collar, collar town, which I live in is you got to have a really good pension and really good benefits. You, we've not thought outside of the box and thinking outside of the box, for example, uh, yourself and myself, you doing a podcast and helping so many people. And there's, I know there's other things that you do with empowering women and really becoming themselves instead of who they're conditioned to think that they should be or from their title where we're so much more than that. And thinking outside of that box of, you know, we can maybe wake up at eight o'clock and hang out with our children and our husbands and, you know, then get all of our essentials of self-care. If we want to work out, go for a walk. If we want to journal, take a shower, then start our day, maybe start our day at 11 o'clock in the afternoon and decide, you know, today we're going to work three hours instead of, I don't know, 10, which is right. You know, the base hours. And you wonder why people become so ill Mm. or by the time where we, we talk about retirement. And for me, I, I believe I'm never going to retire. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. And to the day where I'm on, you know, the opposite side of the grass, I feel like this is, qu- this is my life's mission. And I get so excited when I'm working with people and as do you, you can, mm-hmm. it, it just bleeds off of you energetically through <laughs> all of your podcasts and, you know, the, the, just the little snippets people get to see on Instagram. Right. So and it's, it's, yeah. I'm with you hundred percent. This is not something I do. And that I kind of uh, like, this is breathing, mm, right? So it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. And so along with that whole, you know, the nine to five, the nine to nine, that whole experience of like what you're supposed to do and, and building in more of like what feels right. Like I'm, I'm such an advocate of um, like, find your zone of genius, like that yes. three hour time span where if you worked for those three hours, that's like working eight hours when it's not that time, right? Like you're, you're just so so for me, yes. I get up and I work because I I'm that's when I'm jazzed, like five o'clock. My dream day is like five to noon. Then I'll shower. Right. And inside that five to noon includes journaling, self-care. I work out, but I might not shower yet because I'm just like my I all cylinders are firing. Yes. And and then then that then noon, I'm like, oh, just just be right. And that's yes, please. Like that's because I can do that, you know, the four, maybe five hours of like solid, holy crap mm-hmm. for many, for like my before times life, that's a 10, 12 hour day, just because yes. your brain is not on point. Your body is not in where it's meant to be. Like you're, you're just so out of whack and you're constantly trying to realign all day long, which is energetically exhausting. 
And so then to accomplish anything feels hard, which is why I think people think work is hard. Work is not hard. Work is work. (laughs) It challenges you. Sure. Your brain grows. Yeah. You get tired, maybe, but it's not hard unless you are choosing a path that is hard for you. And I think we've been conditioned just to add to that idea of conditioning. We're conditioned that if it isn't hard, it's not good. Right. Like you and everybody thinks that it should be, and everybody thinks not everybody. Sure. I don't want to paint everybody with the same brush, but the, but the women that I work with and even uh, looking at entrepreneurship, you know, I think we've been conditioned to think that everything should be hard for it to, for, for, to get to that, to get, to get to the destination. And there's never, there's never a destination, but I love how we just jumped on this topic (laughs) of, this is what I love about the podcast. (laughs) We, you know, there's a certain agenda, but I really, I want to dive a little bit deep into this, if this is okay, because even for myself, this is something, uh, a bigger teaching. And even I am still learning how to mold because the person that I was in my twenties and in my thirties is very different to who I am, you know, with my children a little bit, uh, they're still fairly young, but they're a little bit more independent So now being in my forties, I am, my whole sleep pattern has changed and my motivational times have changed. And before the old conditioning, you would think, what is wrong with me? Like, why don't I have the same energy at four 30 in the morning to get up and meditate that I used to in my (laughs) thirties and it, and it's okay to change. So for me, I like to, so on some of my work days, I get up fairly early, 5.30, 6. But then my days, like today, I, I get up at 7. Mm-hmm. And then, but I fairly, I keep within about an hour's window right. to those times. And for me, it's about getting up, having a coffee, spending time with my girls, journaling, then doing some work. So this is prior to showering, doing some work. <laughs> And then working out, because then what happens is when I work out, I always have to make sure I have a journal in front of me because yes, the creative juices just start pouring out. I plug in yeah. and I, I get those downloads yeah. and then shower, so on and so forth, then do a little bit more work. So even though it seems kind of fragmented, it and- really works. It's such a, it's a, I think it's really about getting super clear on yes. how you process because, yes. and I think that we, again, conditioning, so conditioned to like work, work looks like this, right? It looks like out here stuff. And I'm with you. Like, I know that I will do a whole bunch of my morning is like, my brain is going bah, 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 and ideas are flying. Yes. Things are mm-hmm. happening. And then I work out. And of course, the physiology of that level of movement Mm -hmm. causes integration. So your brain, kind of like when you're sleeping, where your brain is doing all of that integration of information and pulling it together and making sense of it, the same thing happens when you're working out. It's like taking things and your unconscious goes, oh, your body's very busy right now. Cool. I'm on. And it just starts pulling the pieces together. Yes. Then you jump in the shower, please. That's like the unconscious mind's heaven. And Mm -hmm. everything just goes, oh, there it is. There's the package that it will be now in all these ideas that were free floating and fabulous. And I, I write, I have glass 
walls in my shower and I write in the steam. Although I'm going to get, so um, Carrie had suggested those kids um, like wax crayons that you can use in the tub. I'm like, I need that yes. in the shower because that's where all of my ideas come out. Like here's the, um, the title comes out, the, the three word alliteration, the, all the pieces. And I'm like, there it is, yes. there it is, there it is. Right. Yes. Um, and that's then a fabulous going, idea. Yeah. And then, you know, okay. Then I get all like this you know, I, I'm bathed and I brush my teeth and I might run a comb through my hair. And, and then there's something about that experience. I like, it's almost like I'm now externally put together as right. is my mind. And so then what I produce is kind of put together. Whereas yes. in the morning I'm like coffee, hair, things, I don't know what's happening, but like ideas are flowing. But knowing that about myself and just hearing your journey, very similar. Yes. But having that knowledge that the workout, when it's placed where it is, it isn't something you do on top of working. It is part. It's part of, of it. It's part of the process. It's part of and the process. When you, and when you look at all of the things that light you up, fill your cup, all of those parts, those are all part of working. Right? Yes, they are. Like, they're not the thing you do. They're not separate. No, they're so not. Even, like I take, especially with the weather being as lovely as it has been today, it's raining and whatever. Rain is great. I love rain. Um, but like a 15 minute, I call it a sunbathe, not that it's sunbathing, but I'm just like allowing the energy of the sun to almost like refuel me and just silence, like a form of my own personal meditation, just, and then I get up and go back to work. Like, it's just this constant. And I know that you have some practices that you have incorporated. Can, can you tell me about that before? And we'll so I love that you just said that because I just, I just, I just had my visualization. So I have this brown chair. It's this beautiful, soft, plush brown recliner that sits in front of an eight-foot picture window in the front of our house. Mm -hmm. And I will do what's called a six-minute pause in the day, where I will set a timer on my phone, and I will just lay in the sun, and just absorb the energy try so the the goal is to not be on your phone and just to focus on breathing and for me there's different sequences of breathing that I do if, especially if you're a beginner this can be challenging because a lot of people that I work with their diaphragm is pretty locked mm. and they're just chest breathing right and one of my favorite things to do is to decompress the nervous system throughout the day because for myself you know and some of the traumas that I had gone through as a child my go-to was fight and flight mm -hmm. all the time. So the breathing sequences I usually do is through the nose, breathing in through the nose for, for three and out through the nose for six. Okay. And then if you get really good at that, then the next step to that is in through the nose for four, out through the nose for eight. So I do that about midday, usually after lunch. And then prior to going to bed, I do those, that same type of breathing. So if you're a newbie, again, three in through the nose, out for six through the nose. If you're experienced in through the nose for four, out through the nose for eight. And it really, it, it just brings you into this beautiful lull mm -hmm. and what I call the present moment of, of being able to just be within yourself and not allow yourself to be anywhere else because you're focusing on the breathing. Right. So, and I, so I do it midway through the day, 
before I go to bed and it actually changes. So if you're somebody who is conditioned to be in a fight and flight pattern, there's something called HRV, um, where it helps to uh, heart rate variability. That's what HRV stands for. It, and that's basically a snapshot of your nervous system. It decompresses your nervous system very, very fast. Mm-hmm. And your goal is, is to have a higher HRV. So I have a, a monitor. I also have my, uh, my aura ring that I track. And there's many other devices out there that track it. But I will tell you, it's morning and night, how I feel during the day and being able to process information, yeah. being able to uh, be creative. Because if I'm in that zone of fight and flight through the day, trying to get everything done, or maybe we have deadlines, right? Yeah. We put the blinders on and mm. our heart starts, starts going. We feel scattered. We start, you know, making mistakes, hurting ourselves, cutting something. You cut your finger. That's just yeah. an example. And we don't think that one has to do with another when they absolutely do. And we're allowed. Here's the other thing. You're giving yourself permission to be calm, to be in the state of peace. We think that we're going to get things done better and mm-hmm. faster if we're in a state of panic and rush, right. which that's another conditioning for myself growing up. Yeah. If I just get it done faster and that's the yang, right? That's the masculine, get it done, get it done, get it done. It'll be good. You'll be like, you'll show up with the men. I have that mm-hmm. particular mindset of get it done faster. I used to, I, and I still find myself, I, my brain will go there. If I have a thousand things to do, do the dishes, make the dinner, do the, and I got to go to the bathroom. I will race to get everything done before I go to the bathroom. It's almost like a little game I play with my body. Right. Right. Like, and if I, it's insane, but I'm like, okay, just get all these, go faster. Everything is fast. I have to fucking pee, go pee. (laughs) Right. Like it's a human function. And it's not like the bathroom's in another building. Like it's literally right there. And it's not, but it's something about my, I've this momentum idea that if I stop doing, I'll get this and I'll somehow not do the dishes. Yeah. That's unlikely. Like, whew. okay. So Yannick, I know I'd heard the story and then we chatted a little bit um, earlier this year. My God, fucking time. I, sometimes I feel like I'd blows by. Yeah. Blows by. And then it's like stopped in other instances. Anyway. Um, I, when you had shared that with me, I, it's extremely moving and inspiring. So please, if you will let us know what transpired for you that brought you to this place, this awareness and understanding. Cause of course, like I'd said, it's not something that's common knowledge. People aren't really living into this it's as not. the norm. It's and not. so I know that for you, it also wasn't the norm and it was something you had to sort of explore and, and uncover for yourself. So what happened and, and what brought you to this moment? So when I was 19 years old, uh, I was in a two major car accidents. Here in uh, Ontario, there's a major highway, we call the 401. First car accident, my seatbelt broke. I took the windshield out with my face and broke the dash with my legs. And it was my legs that allowed me not to exit the vehicle via my head. Uh, I did sustain uh, a head and neck injury from that. And then three weeks later, I was in a rollover accident and I sustained spinal injuries. I almost broke my spine in half, which was unbelievable, right, right in the upper part, the thoracic part of um, the chest area. And I went down this 
road of, oh my gosh, I basically was work, 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 work. And that, that was, it took me off work for probably a good four months. Mm -hmm. And I healed from those injuries through conventional therapy, uh, which was essentially how I found my own practicing my modality that I originally went into, which is called myomasology, where it looks at the body holistically as a whole unit, not just, oh, I've got shoulder pain. It looks at what is going on with the body as a whole. Uh, I had gone to conventional PT, chiropractic, and as well as massage therapy, but ultimately it was the myomasology that really helped me heal my body from those car accidents. Now, fast forward about 18 months after the healing of those accidents. And I was in a relationship and thought I was going to marry this person was, you know, over the moon. And one day I had gone to bed and the next day I had woken up with horrific. When I say horrific, I mean, just moving my head, even moving my eyes. Cause you, if you're not well aware, well, even moving your eyes contracts certain muscles in your body. So I had horrific neck and uh, mid back and lower back pain to the point where even breathing was a chore for me. And what I didn't realize then was that the emotional turbulence that I was going through, having the carpet ripped from beneath my feet, the person didn't love me anymore. Ultimately my reality crumbling at that, that point in time in my life, what happened was it unleashed Pandora's box. So all of the emotions that I was feeling in that present moment brought forward all of my emotions from my past, not realizing some of the traumas that I had gone through. And it was like somebody flipped the switch and I started remembering things as a child. And even as I talk about it right now, I'm getting a sheet of goosebumps because we spend so much time suppressing and repressing our emotions. So if you're not aware of what that means, suppressing is when you consciously suppress something. So let's say, Dion, you had a disagreement with your husband, and then you have to then jump on a podcast, right? Or you have to go into work. Typically, we're, we're talking to nine to five. You have to put that mask on like you're okay, because it's not okay to talk about your emotions in the workplace. It's not okay to, you know, present yourself as crying or being emotional, so we suppress it, we tuck it down and we, you know, put our nice coats on, we do our hair, paint our makeup, buy our Louis Vuitton shoes and bag, and we pretend like we're okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas repression is unconscious, where something has happened so horrifically to you that your brain has protected you and has repressed it. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, you may not remember the memory, but you have the residue of the emotion from that experience. And here's where a lot of people get confused, where they don't understand why they feel so unsafe, no matter what situation they're in. Whether it's a new friend that you've just met, you go for coffee and you feel this unedginess underneath your skin, or you feel that anxiousness behind you or playing in the, I talk about the, the emotions that play in the background. And a lot of people think, well, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. And I feel anxious and then we, we go to our doctors, we end up on antidepressants, uh, 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 any type of medication that's out there for uh, anxiety. And now I'm going to say this, I'm going to make sure I disclaimer this, there is nothing wrong with Western medicine. There's a time and place absolutely for it. 
when I was younger, I had been on antidepressants. But what I didn't realize, the root cause was the trauma that I had gone through as a child, being physically, emotionally, and sexually abused. And majority of that was suppressed and repressed. And then I went through this emotional turmoil through my, in my 20s, not realizing that it had basically unplugged the plug and everything was just spraying out, like hitting, hitting a juggler van, hitting your juggler van was just spraying out. And that, uh, that spinning out of control, that, that I, the best feeling that I could, I could describe is when somebody rips the carpet from beneath your feet, but there's no floor and you're just free falling and you don't feel like there's an end to it. So during that time, when I now connect it, I had woken up the next day, that next day where I, and the first thing I thought of was, did I, did I sleep wrong? Did I hurt myself? Right. Uh, did I pick something up? Right. This is the typical, when I work with people, this is the typical thing. I must've slept wrong. That's why I have that shoulder pain or uh, I, I must've lifted something wrong. That's why I have that back pain. And now I will tell you, there are certain people that yes, it is a postural opportunity where you might need to work on your posture and alignment where you have some muscles that are longer and shorter, which is part of what I've done in my clinic. Mm -hmm. But then there's others who I've worked on them in my clinic and they still have that underlinement of chronic pain. They, they, it's gone for just a short second, then it comes back within a day, day and a half. So that was me. And the road to understanding that there is an emotional connection to pain was I started to ask because I would go to the doctors. I went from practitioner to practitioner in my own practice of myomassology, and I was not gaining relief, meaning long-term relief, right? You go in, you have somebody work on the muscles, work on the tissues, make sure your spine's aligned, and then you gain pain relief, right? That's ultimately what we do in conventional therapy. But for chronic pain sufferers, it's like working on a brick of concrete where their tissues are so, 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 so bound up that no matter what type of therapy you have on it, you don't gain relief. And the other thing that I realized in my 20s was I would have days that were really super terrible where I could hardly get out of bed. And then there were days where I was functionable. And I have a high pain tolerance. I can really work through pain and get myself going and moving. But there were literally days where I felt like somebody, my, my body was uh, 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 like stabbing, burning. Anytime I'd move, it felt like I was being electrocuted type of pain, right? So there was days that weren't so bad and days that were super bad. So that's what started me on the, the quest of asking, okay, what is going on? Why do I have days that I don't have as much pain and then days where I'm super chronic? What's the difference? And then when I started putting it together, now this wasn't just, you know, months in the making, this has been years uh -huh. where, and going back through my journals. And it's funny because even over uh, sitting on my chair, I brought out a bunch of journals and I started to go back reading through them and understanding a little bit even further as to what happened. So I revisit my journals quite frequently. And I, if you are listening right now and you have journals, I highly recommend going back and reading through them because you understand the evolution of who you were, right. who you have become and who you truly can be because you want to be not because of who you have been conditioned to be. Right. So when I started to realize that 
when I was having horrific chronic pain, it was those days that my emotions were in the toilet, or I talk about swimming in the septic tank. You're out back and you just nosedived into your septic tank versus <laughs> swimming in the ocean, swimming in a lake where you feel light, airy, you feel happy, content, mm. peaceful. That's the biggest aha for my moments where I was like, okay, there's a great link here. So and then it's about understanding why I was suppressing emotions. Why don't I want to feel these emotions, right? Shame, blame, unsafe, angry. So it would go from frustration, anger to rage very quickly yeah. in a situation. So I didn't have the emotional resiliency to sit down and look at a situation and be like, okay, this is why I feel this way. Instead, I had those default settings from when I was a child of feeling unsafe, feeling frustration because I didn't want somebody in my body space, right? This is not appropriate. And understanding and feeling through those emotions, allowing yourself to feel them because you have emotions for a reason as a human being, and they are navigational systems for you. Right. But instead what we do is we want to pretend like life is okay. Who wants to hang their dirty laundry out to dry? We don't want to talk about it, but what is wrong with talking about your emotions? What is wrong with feeling your emotions? So that is quite the journey for myself that I went down. And I'm, I don't want to say I'm quite the open book, but I don't really have anything to tuck and hide in regards to what I've gone through in my past, because the beautiful part of what I've gone through in my past is who I've become today and what it is that I teach. And I feel like that's kind of the bigger proponent for so many of us mm -hmm. when you really look at like even for yourself Dion what you teach and how you teach in uh in the podcast setting and bringing people on who have those similar values and visions for the world of women so if you're a person right now that you feel like you're like I'm not feeling comfortable in work and I'm just going to pretend like it's okay because I have the the uncertainty or the fear or the lack mm -hmm right, of, of gaining more money, right, in a different setting, you're putting yourself in the shoes of who raised you, who conditioned you, who, and whether that was your parents, siblings, grandparents. So understand that if you have chronic headaches, I've worked with people who, I mean, every type of pain, I know that I talk about, I really specialize in neck and back pain, mm -hmm. but uh, somebody who is not on their journey uh, for career-wise, where they really truly want to be, they were experiencing severe jaw pain. And then they've gone back into the conditioning and the emotional suppression or repression of, you can't speak like that. You're not supposed to be heard like that in this lifetime. You're supposed to be behind a desk doing uh, you know, administrative work and shut your mouth and don't, don't go any further than that. Because we as women are not to really be seen or heard. It's behind the scenes of being, and I hear this more and more and more and more. And the beauty of it is as you start to allow yourself to feel, because feelings are real uh -huh. and you're allowed to feel them. You're allowed to feel pissed. You're allowed yeah. to feel um, uh, anxiousness. You're allowed to feel unsafe or you're allowed to feel fear. But the difference is, is how long you stay in it and how your mind goes back to it because what happens is is by the age of 35 we're pretty much conditioned to who we are right we are our personality so rewind one to seven years is like our imprinting years yeah. right and even in utero 
We don't realize what we carry. And even going back 15 generations through epigenetics, there's right. even scientific proof that I carry my mother's wounds. I carry my mother's trauma and my mother's mother and my mother's 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 mother. Right. So, and it goes back 15 generations. I know blow your brain. In, right. You're like, wow, right. I know. <laughs> so one to seven or in utero to seven is the imprinting years. And then from eight to, you know, going into your twenties and I've got, I've got it all broken up in, in uh, the program so that you understand how you absorb, how you project, how you create on a day-to-day basis based on those emotions. But what happens is your brain habitually becomes addicted to those emotions because the, you had a certain ex, experience in your life. You created those emotions to begin with. Yep. They are your default setting so that when that same energetic occurrence comes, you go to those emotions over and over again. And the one biggest thing that happens when I'm on discovery calls with clients or potential clients is the how to get out of that loop, because that was my default settings was how Mm -hmm. to get out of that default loop. And the pain whisper part that comes, comes into play when I say to women, you, you literally become your own pain whisper because I, I've, I even have a friend who wrote me always called me her pain whisper, but literally it's just giving you the tools, retraining your brain and developing you as a present and future self instead of defaulting to your past self right you become your own pain whisperer so literally as you start allowing yourself to feel which this was my experience as I I was like oh what is wrong with feeling angry you know as long as I'm not hurting anybody and not hurting myself right allowing myself to feel anger understanding why I feel anger where originally I created those feelings of anger to begin with those default settings you then understand, you become the watcher. You're like, oh my goodness. So I'm in this situation and it's playing in front of me and I feel a little uneasy, feel anxious, right? And there's, there's many facets as to why anxiousness comes up and why fear comes up, which I deep dive into in my program. But just so people understand that your physiological pain is more emotional than what you realize as physical, right? Going back to Oh, my neck hurts today. I must have slept wrong. Okay, so let's rewind. What happened when you went to bed last night? Were you upset? Did you work through some feelings? Did you journal? Right? A lot of people are just pissed or they're upset about something. They don't want to talk about it anymore and they just go to sleep. So, how do you think that manifests in your body? So, scientifically, what were you going to say, Dion? I was just going to say, I mean, it's again, it's one of those things where we kind of forget that Mm -hmm. feelings, (laughs) are things that you feel because it's a chemical released that then causes that flows through your body and has in an interaction with the cells of your body the muscle cells the organs the all of those things and like they have an impact so when whether it's your neck or your back or wherever that may be and I you know I'm sure there's way more information about like what sort of emotions go where in relation to energy systems um but again it's we disassociate what's going on, or what we think we're perceiving as far as our, our consciousness and the meat suit we're walking around in. Like, so, and it's like, they're connected and, they are and they're constantly influencing each other. So, you know, you release the chemicals because you're having the feelings because you've been triggered to go down that road. You feel muscle pain. And then your body, as you had said, you know, you get this sort of addicted because it gets into this pattern of like, Oh, mm-hmm. this is where we like to be. 
this because your body likes equilibrium even if it's yes. the crappiest of spaces they're like but we don't change so we're functioning at a, like a, a minus one good everything's minus one so yes. it will send signals to your brain to think more thoughts that keep you feeling crappy that same pattern and so yeah okay sure you may have slept wrong and by that i mean you allowed crap to happen in your head that's what was wrong that's how right. i see that and you, didn't, and you didn't and you didn't no no no. The, the, thank you for that feedback and yes you are correct it's that loop and i want to so there's two two scenarios i want to really bring forward because i also have uh, magnificently been able to work with people who have digestive issues so Crohn's colitis, I myself in my twenties had, I was diagnosed with IBS where I was defecating blood all the time. And that was just a symptom. That was a symptom of the chronic stress that my body was under all the time. And what happens is, is like, for example, when you feel unsafe, so let's say you're out at a cafe with a friend and all of a sudden you start feeling that feeling, but you don't understand that feeling in your body. You don't understand that it's the unsafe feeling because Maybe there's a certain person that walked in all of a sudden and that energy that you feel from that person, right? Because we're all energetic beings. Mm -hmm. You pick it up in your body and then you're just like, wow, what the hell's going on? I feel anxiousness and I kind of feel at the pit of my stomach, uh, this tightness or in, in, in near my rib cage. And all of a sudden I have like this, this feeling in the back of my head where you're starting with that, that headache. So people don't realize, and then you're eating too. So, right. For example, that's your body potentially going into fight and flight. And what is physiologically happening, right? The hypothalamus is sending a message down the vagus nerve, right? Which goes down to the adrenals, which sit above your kidneys. It hits the adrenals. Your body produces cortisol. Now, cortisol is used for many things in our body, such as heart regulation, uh, temperature, waking up, being alert. So for example, in that scenario, your body will produce cortisol it'll shunt and pull all the blood away from your digestive tract, sends it to your limbs, dilates your pupils so that you're ready to run, right? As if this person is going to attack you. So if you're a person that is, for example, has been sexually abused as a child, you have that energetics within you. You feel those emotions within you. So fight and flight is a go-to for you. And then once you try to eat, right? You don't have the proper digestive enzymes, which that's how you, I, I just want everybody to understand. That's how you start on that road of, I don't understand why I can't digest something and feeling like my stomach is going to blow up or you feel very bloated, or you feel like you can't even smell something without having digestive issues. Right. So and then you, you add in the compliment, the, 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 how it exacerbates. So your stress yes. hormones, cortisol, and then the myriad uh, of, of other hormones that are involved in that cascade, they are influencing your microflora, yes. which are then in and of themselves, decreasing your capacity to digest in a way that is good for you. Right. And that information is constantly being communicated between your intestinal tract and your bloodstream. And then yes. it's going back and forth. And so then this, the stress process then instantly creates an, a, a digestive issue. Now you've yes. created this pattern of yes. stress goes up and the, the bacteria in my gut go, oh, this is what we do. We're going to have this massive problem. We're going to not function correctly. Not only that, certain bacteria that thrive in that environment will then start to overpopulate. And then yes. you have this constant, then 
then it's happening even when the stress level just goes boop. Like it's- Yes, right. thank you. I like that, the whole little boop. It could be just one little boop where your child is like, I don't wanna be on online learning right now, or I don't want to, I don't wanna eat this certain food. And you're like, that little boop ends up being a boom. Yes. So in addition to that, for chronic pain sufferers, I want you to realize that when you suppress and repress emotions, your brain will send a signal to, the, to certain parts of your body, your nerves, your ligaments, your tissues. It will temporarily deprive oxygenated blood to certain parts of those, those areas of your body, not enough to damage them, but enough to cause a whole horrific amount of, of chronic pain. And when people start to allow, this is, this is the, the, where we talk about the pain, like the whispering feeling in, in pain freedom method is usually about the second module, the second week, second or third week, where they get that instant relief. And they're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> because they started to allow themselves to feel those not so great emotions mm-hmm. and then navigating the road of understanding where they came from in the first place. It's like the, and this is going to be a very simple statement for something that's very complex and powerful, um, but it's like the pain freedom method offers you to, it allows you to bypass the fear of fear. Yes. Right. So the fear of fear, then well, that's the suppress, suppress, push down. I'm so afraid mm-hmm. of what my, these emotions will be, will do for me. And right. then, then we're afraid of that. And then we manifest all kinds of things as a result of that when you can bypass that feeling the feelings is is nowhere near what you thought feeling feelings would feel like right say that 10 times fast um (laughs) do you know something that came up that i had a question about um you had talked about having the good days and then the the or sorry the, the the terrible days and then the slightly less terrible days yes um and I'm wondering what maybe you experience or perhaps what you're seeing in your clients is how, like the length of time we are willing to justify pain because of days that are not as painful. You know, like, oh, it must not be that bad. Oh, today's a really good day. It's almost like we then forget how crappy right. yesterday was and the day before. Right. Or how, again, that disassociation between thoughts and, and sort of um, feelings and then what's happening in our body. We're not connecting lash outs on, with the kids. We're not connecting yes. um, problematic behavior. And then we're just focusing on, which is nice to focus on that you're having a good day. But when it negates, when you're just like, oh no, I'm okay. I don't need to go see anybody. I don't need to talk sure. to anybody about this. I definitely don't need to do all that emotional healing to keep telling me I should do. Like, right. <laughs> right. That experience with your, like when you, when you do finally see clients, how do they describe that? Like how long do people stay there in that pattern of back and forth? And if they are there, what is something that you would suggest like to introduce even sort of a, a new perspective or a thought like, how do you get from justifying that to taking ownership of it, I think is maybe the question. So one of the biggest things when I work with individuals, I want to make sure that they're ready. That's number one. Yeah. Because there are individuals that only, and this was me, that only identify with themselves as chronic pain sufferers. Yep. And they want to share their story and they want people to, because the underlinement is a lot of time they haven't felt loved most of their life which that was my, that was my issue. Mm -hmm. And 
they want to stay in that pain pattern because it gains love. It gains people's attention to, to, to embrace them. So individuals that are in that pattern, they have to be ready. If they stay in that pattern, they are not, they are not a person that I feel like would be ready for PM, PFM or pain for the method because I bring them through an interview process to psychologically make sure that they're ready. Mm-hmm. So somebody that is experiencing the chronic pain and then having not so bad days, your chronic pain outweighs your days of not having such chronic pain days. Right. And the difference is, is when you're feeling those great emotions, they're short lived because you don't know how to stay in them because your brain habitually goes back to the pattern of not so great self-loathing hatred for yourself, feeling unsafe, feeling frustrated, anger, rage, all of those same shame, shame, body shame, even for myself. Like I suffered with an eating disorder for over 12 years. And that was my own self uh, mutilation and punishment because if everybody around me didn't love me, why the hell should I love myself? Right. And obviously I needed to be punished, which that happens so many times. And even now in the, sp- in the space that I'm at, I just want to take that, that inner child or my, that little person that I was and just give her a, a hug and some love. Because ultimately here is the, the biggest wake up call. And this is what it comes down to. You are responsible for yourself. You came into this world alone. You are going to leave this world. You are the only one you will never leave nor lose in this lifetime. That's the one thing that I can promise you. So you are responsible for loving yourself, not your parents, not your siblings, not your friends, not your aunts and uncles, you and you alone. Now, is it nice to have family members that love you? Absolutely. Is it awesome to have a mom who's caring and loving and a father that's caring and loving? Absolutely. But the bigger picture of growing as a soul is understanding what you're responsible for. And when I found, when I discovered that, that was my breaking point. That when we talk about the breaking point and the aha moment, it was like, holy crap. Yeah. I'm the one that's responsible for this. I'm the one that's responsible for navigating. So the people that are out there right now that are suffering from chronic pain, listen, you can spend the rest of your life feeling really crappy. You can spend the rest of your life addicted to pain pills because that was me mm-hmm. and, and or addicted to uh, going to therapies, which, hey, you, you're allowed to. The, you are completely free to do that. But there is a better way. And you have the power built within you to make that choice. Yeah. I and think- the, the awakening point is knowing that you have those good days versus the really super terrible days. I don't want to say they're good days. They're they're. They're okay days. They're days where you can function. I think the idea of, you know, you had mentioned the watcher, right? Being someone going, well, that's interesting that that's happening. Oh, oh, okay. We're going to, I say we, every, all the people in my head, where are we? Yes. We're feeling this. And I think as you, as you tap into that idea of being an observer, whether you are going to integrate meditation into your world or any type of breath work or something where you can be with yourself for a minute, it's probably a good time to ask yourself, what is the secondary gain that, that I'm getting from being here? Yes. Right. That, and that it, what is it giving to me that I think I need to get from somebody else? So that idea of love and your lovability, like whether or not you are lovable um, or powerful or worthy or enough and pick a word that really resonates 
but like you said, it's that comes from within. And when it comes from within, then, then you can start to take that action towards moving beyond what's this pain experience, because the secondary gain, like the thing that you think you're getting from this, Mm -hmm. you can give to yourself without pain. That's right. (laughs) Right. So if you're hearing that, it is a very common process. It's part of the way that the, the brain and the mind and the inner critic and everything going on in their functions. And so if you find yourself there, you are a good, fabulous person. There's nothing wrong with you, but now it's your time to do something about that That's with right. that information. That's right. Okay. There's more, there's more people. There's so many people out there that don't even realize it. Right. Because they're just, here's the thing. And I want you to think about that. You know, the little duck hole. Yeah. That's what your pain is. Because when you feel chronic pain, what can you think about Dion? Mm-hmm. You can't think about anything else except for that pain. Right. Let alone navigate anything in your life. So I want you to, to think about that decoy scenario, because that literally is what's happening because you don't want to feel your emotions. You don't want to deal with it. You don't want to move through it. Instead, you want to keep in your, the, in the, that diseased state. Yeah. And it's almost like, you, so that you had brought up the decoy. Now I'm thinking of like plastic ducks, but it's like, that's how you're living. Like you're not, you're not, you're not embodied. You're not, you know, in this vessel, your, your soul isn't walking around freely. Like you're literally stuck in a plastic duck. doing Yes, well. yes exactly. Right. Okay. Yana, tell us, I know you're working on some fantastic things right now to help support your clients and people everywhere who are suffering from chronic pain. Um, tell us a little bit about um, what's going on and um, what we could possibly take advantage of through your work. Okay, first and foremost, if you are new to hearing this unbelievable idea so <laughs> and concept, I want you to go, uh, so Pain Freedom Method is a 16-week program, but just if you're you're new to this, I want you to go on to and I Dion, I already gave you the link to this yeah, to cracking the pain code. It's a free resource. It's a PDF that walks you through a three-step process that helps you pluck and extract what your pain is possibly telling you. Mm. And you're free to book in for a 15-minute discovery call with myself to help move through that and and see what the potentials are there for you. Awesome. The next part, when I talk about women then whispering their own pain away and then living the life they're meant to live, because a lot of people that are in pain, they can't even think past tomorrow. They are lulling in either they're in a job that they don't like, it's, it's really sucking their soul out of their body. And this is what I what has happened in working with more women is it's been more women that are in a job that they really don't like, and they want to get out into something different. So what's unbelievable that has been starting to uh, be birthed is something called the sacred creators design. Yes. So in that I work with women who are potentially in a job that they're not loving and we help extract what their true design is to be in this lifetime and then most importantly so that's sacred creators design and then the next part is the pain freedom sleep program so this is huge because I went through this myself in my late 30s I all of a sudden didn't sleep well any longer and you want to talk about not having emotional resilience so I can teach you emotional resilience we can repattern and train your brain to a new 
way of thinking and feeling so that yes, you become the watcher, anybody that walks in the room, it no longer electrocutes your nervous system, so on and so forth. But if you didn't have good sleep, guess what? Yeah, Our sleep quality. So there's something called human growth hormone that we produce in our deep sleep. So you have light sleep, REM sleep, deep sleep. And in our deep sleep, we should have 15, between 15 and 20, maybe even plus percent of deep sleep. And if you're not, you're not producing that growth hormone. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is that is the hormone that has, that helps you rejuvenate your tissues, repair muscles. So if you're not getting that, guess what? you're going to feel even more pain. It's going to exacerbate your chronic pain. I have a question because it, that just went bing. So is um, human growth hormone part of the cascade system off of the stress cycle, right? Doesn't it is part of the yes. replenishing part. Yes. So yes. for those that maybe don't know when you ah, stress, you all, uh, there's sort of a series of hormones that are released in, in it's timed and it outcomes, duh, 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 you, then the stressor is reduced and then your body recuperates and it has yes. of different hormones that show up to sort of rebalance you. Now, if you're in chronic stress, you never get to you never get there. the other side. And so your body will be craving that. So that I would envision is part of the process. So if you're doing all the other things for your stress, but you're not sleeping well, then you're still right. not be able to get to that second half of the cascade, right. which is necessary to get back to the sort of the high level balance that you want to be in. Right. The sleep program is something that's going to be coming out. I'm just formulating it right now. Yeah. But what I'm going to be doing is what's called the pain freedom sleep challenge, which will be held in my group pain freedom method on Facebook. Yana, this has been fucking awesome. I could talk to you all day. Love, 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 love. So as if you have been listening to the podcast for longer than a minute, you know that I'm going to ask Yana for a little nugget of wisdom, mainly because we said so much today that um, I, I really just want every listener to feel like they can walk away with something, go, oh, I can hang on to that. I can hang on to that. So what is it that you would share with our, with our people? I, I want to share two. Okay, that's fine. Okay, because there's <laughs> one I already reviewed and I want to say this, and this is one, this is a saying that I live by every single day. And I want every woman out there, if, if even if you're not in pain, live by this saying, mm. I am the only one I will never leave nor lose. I've come into this lifetime all by myself. I'm going to leave all by myself. So I am responsible for my soul and my, did you call it meat body or meat, meat, meat suit? suit? <laughs> meat suit? <laughs> so I am responsible for my meat suit. And then last but not least, just because all doors open does not mean I need to walk through all of them. That's Every opportunity. Yeah. Every opportunity is here to present themselves, but it doesn't mean that you need to just dive into everything because as a woman, we want to do it all. We want to be it all. We want to see it all, but guess what? You can pick and choose what really fires up your soul and really makes you jive and thrive as a human being. And as a soul. Yes. So just because all doors open and windows doesn't mean you have to walk through all of them. Choose, choose what fits for you. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you to everybody who has tuned in to this amazing episode with Yana. Definitely hop on to the um, crack the pain code and, yes. and get that resource and start on like unpacking this for yourself. Um, I, I am pretty sure we're all going to just 
through these tiny steps, we're going to make this the norm where we are connecting our minds and our bodies all day long, every day, and pass that epigenetically on to the next yes. generation. Yes. Please. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness.